0: Hello and welcome to this Journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm Catalina Albano and in this episode we'll find out more about a project that trialled the hyperlocal communications network in three villages in Armenia and its potential for news distribution. The aim of the project, called CAST, was to introduce alternative sources of media in a highly politicized region as well as provide an alternative network to villages where data coverage is patchy and the cost of a good internet connection is quite high. CAST was a partnership between the University of Central Lancashire, Impact Hub Yerevan, and the WeCaster platform. 26 devices were installed in three villages in Armenia, in places where people were most likely to spend a longer period of time, such as bus stops, healthcare centres or community meeting places. People could then connect to this new network from their mobile phones. Claire Cook, co-founder of the Media Innovation Studio at UCLan, explains.
1: CAST is a project which is based in Armenia in three quite remote villages Lerna Pat, Kamenlis and Le Chazan, and it's a project using Wi-Fi proximity broadcasting and what we've tried to do is set up a village connectivity system which serves news and information to those communities that might not otherwise have access to digital tools and online material very easily. What we found was a lot of people have the latest mobile phones but they can't often afford the connectivity that's associated with
0: 3G. A report has also been published detailing the aims, the workflow, and the conclusions of the project, based on data gathered from two of the three villages where the pilot ran. According to the report, between June 2016 and December 2016, nearly 5,000 articles were served from seven participating news and information providers, including 520 videos and over 12,000 images, totaling 22 gigabytes of data testing the technology behind such a network and the availability of data insights on how people interact with it were also key components of the project.
1: One thing that we set out to really look at was the uh, capacity of decentralized technologies. Um, It's very telling at the moment with the changes that are going on with Facebook's algorithm that there is a real hunger for an alternative way of distributing news. It's ironic in a lot of ways that we've all become completely accustomed to going up to the internet to Facebook and Google to find all our information but in doing so we're obviously passing all that activity that data all those behaviours to um, a couple of of internet gatekeepers and giants who now in increasingly own and control much of what we do and much of what publishers can do so what we wanted to see was whether or not we could serve alternative data insights to those news publishers and in doing um, the project around wi-fi proximity what it allowed us to do was put devices um on which was news content in very local settings so a local bus stop um, in some areas just a pile of stones where people would perhaps uh, hang out in the shade um or a local health center the municipality buildings and what we were able to do was actually pinpoint what content was being uh, consumed where. So that allowed us to actually drill down to create completely new data insights around news consumption. So we can actually say that one piece of content was particularly po- popular at the school first floor building, but it, but as, uh, perhaps a different type of content was um, popular at a bus stop. Uh, and publishers don't actually have access to that degree of detail. Uh, When they use um, the big powerhouses of the internet like Google and Facebook, you've you've only got so much control about what data you can find out about consumption. It was always really important to get the communities on board and Impact Hub Yerevan used their local knowledge to really reach out to some villages to find out whether or not they wanted to be part of the project um, and how they saw the communication network be able to uh, improve digital literacy. And perhaps even combat a digital divide uh, amongst those villages. Impact Hub Yerevan were also always very clear that. Um, Although technology is freely available in Yerevan, um, in fact, they're really trying to lead um, Armenia in many ways around technicot technology. As soon as you leave the capital, um, it's really obvious that there's very little happening in the villages. um, And there's a huge gap between what's going on in the capital and what's going on in more remote areas. Even for our projects, it was very difficult to get consistent Internet connection, even just to one device through SIM cards and what the providers the telco providers say they can do um, and what is the reality in um, quite remote areas is uh, two different things so it it was quite obvious that there was a there's still a lot to be done about um, telecommunication infrastructure across Armenia and our project just goes uh, a very small way to show an alternative way of doing that.
0: The project wanted to test whether a more hyper-local news network could replace the way local news usually travels in the villages, by word of mouth, and how people's habits would adapt to checking the network alongside or instead of their usual media diet. Diversifying the media diet of a community in a region where the news industry is highly politicized was another aim of the project, as well as promoting media literacy and getting people involved with producing articles relevant to their own local area. As you might expect, changing the habits of a community can be a difficult task in general, and even more so when paired up with a new technology. It's
1: really interesting to see that there was a diverse range of content that we supplied. We knew from focus groups at the beginning that the main reliance was on stations that are largely controlled by the government. So that's broadcast media, the main kind of news source um, on television in the evenings. So what we set out to do was really try and offer news and information that was alternative to that So we selected Civilnet and HEC, which were two of the the leading investigative or independent journalism organisations online. So we served their content. We also chose Arm Weekly News, which is a local blog about Armenia. And we selected Arm Comedy, which is a very, very popular kind of satirist political news show. So we included content from there alongside also United Nations Development Partnership, Colber, which is a civic news organisation, and the UNDP. So we, we tried to offer information and news that was alternative to that. But what's interesting is to really think about whether or not you're forcing people into a fixed set of options about their information needs. Our Interest as a, as a project was obviously a, a civic one and very um, good intentions. But it's important to realize that if these technologies push news and information out to communities, whether that's right via beacon technology or Wi Fi or near field communication, it, it opens up an entirely new set of dilemmas around news agendas and who is in control of that. But equally, it raises a raft of issues to do with policy because because a lot of the policy around this technology is not fit for purpose.
0: The potential of the technology cast used has also prompted a discussion amongst communities exploring decentralised news. In a world where anyone could send push notifications to devices with Bluetooth turned on, for example, what ethical framework is required around it? And trying to break away from technology giants and working with proprietary technology is also tricky, as the media industry heavily relies on third-party tools, like Google Analytics, for example.
1: The really interesting question here, I guess, is around decentralised networks. And what we're trying to really show is how could we build um, networks that are alternative to going up to the internet? Do we always have to go um, large uh, when we're actually trying to achieve local? Um, And do we need to reroute people a little bit in their habits and behaviours? I think it's important to question whether or not this type of technology could generate new revenues for publishers uh, whether that's around the data whether that's about serving different content based on time and place I think there's exciting opportunities there to know more uh, about how that could work um it's also important to question Uh, how journalism should be produced for those different environments so whether or not we actually have to change the rules of storytelling based on these emerging technologies. There's a growing community very interested in pop-up networks, in mesh networks, whether that's the commotion projects, go Tenor, open wireless, uh, local news, even to some extent the free basics programme. Lots of questions really raising up about decentralised networks and, and where the future could lie.
0: You've been listening to the UK podcast. The full report, available on the Media Innovation Studio website, covers all the numbers on news consumption as part of the project. Hi everyone, Caroline from journalism.co.uk here. Just before you go, I wanted to remind you about our next NewsRewide event at Reuters in Canary Wharf, London. We have tons of fantastic speakers lined up, ready to talk about their latest projects and the tools they've been using to engage with audiences in 2018. And we'd love for you to join us on the day. So get your diaries out, mark the 7th of March with a red marker pen and head to newsrewide.com for your ticket. And if you're feeling like you could do with a bit of training to further develop your digital journalism skills, you can choose to attend one of two full-day workshops on the 8th of March with a News Reward Plus ticket. Don't say we don't spoil you. Take care now and we hope to see you in a few weeks.